Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we're speaking to actor and performer Katie Chanakis. Well, hello, and thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yay! (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Can you tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name's Katie Chanakis. I'm an art head. You heard that right. A-R-T head. I'm an art head. I love everything that has to do with art and see and feel everything as art. I come from a big Greek background. I was raised in Michigan, outside of Detroit. So I grew up on oldies and Motown. And my parents, you know, my mom is a singer and she was singing melodies and the oldies, good feely music. And I also grew up in the um, Detroit electronic music underground scene with EDM music before DJs were really big and popular in Western civilization. And um, so I was exposed to all these like amazing international DJs coming right to my own backyard, which was so cool. Um, So I come from a big Greek family. So I grew up a lot of, you know, hearing about um, the gods and the goddesses and the saints and Greek mythology and poetry. And, you know, language became such a part of my soul and my um, presence. And we grew up in the Greek Orthodox Christian church. So it gave me a certain faith and understanding my own circumstances that, you know, wow, this world is really diverse. There's people from France and Italy and, you know, different places in Asia and all around the world where they have cultural backgrounds with language and speaking different tones and and having different traditions with food and culture. So growing up, you know, Greek gave me a foundation of this is what was gifted to me and other people have their own gifts. And then we can share those gifts with each other. So I was always a seeker and I wanted to travel the world, which I did. And I was able to taste food um, in Prague and Italy and have all the best wines in the world and, you know, meet the different breeds of people and, and feel and see the energies of other humans and, and connect. And I was just always very open, you know, and just in spirit and enriched with the grace that has been given to us all. So it's kind of brushstrokes about me and who I am and like how I grew up in, uh, in Michigan before I ventured out um, and moved to California, New York City. You are a, a multi-talented individual. You uh, you pursue many different creative projects. Can you tell us what it's like moving between different mediums? It's very exciting and also it's very challenging. And I've always put myself up to the challenge. Um, you know, when I was younger, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, focus on one thing, only do one thing. And I'm like, I'm going to do it all because I saw so much regret. You know, I saw so many people having regret, so many people burnt out, so many people unsatisfied. So I'm very um, passionate and, you know, direct. And I grew up running cross country. So I learned about short term, medium term, long term goals because of my dad and like logistics and strategy. But, you know, inside, like I was communicating things, my body intelligence, I was feeling things and I wasn't able to like communicate. It's like a baby who is wah and crying and saying all these things, but you don't understand their language. Sometimes we hear, read a book or hear a song or hear someone speak something and they're like, ah, that's what I've been trying to communicate. And so at a young age, I was able to feel and see these things. And so it made me not follow the path of society and not follow the path that everyone else was doing. And I listened to my inner voice and my guidance and my calling and ancient wisdom that I attuned to. So that's how I kind of accumulated 
um, the life path that I took because I was interested in acting, modeling, comedy, drama, music. I like then I learned the words producer and networking because I was a social butterfly. I was talking to everyone and like I was able to communicate. And I saw when I spoke with people there, I knew how to like it's called like um, icebreakers when you go to like community um, events or they'll in school, they'll you know, do like icebreakers. What's your favorite color? Where have you been in the world? Where do you want to go to kind of break the ice? Well, I was able to do that with people and break down these barriers where people would be very open and very vulnerable. And I realized that it was my gift. So I feel like in life with acting and modeling and music and poetry, they all go hand in hand because while one's maybe drying in the back, I can be rotating and focusing on this one instead of overanalyzing and like squeezing all the best juice out of the the orange, right? When it maybe it just needs to like sit for a little bit or cool down. I know that you've you've worked with uh, music and music videos as well. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? I just produced um, two videos um, under my new solo album called Dreamland 1111. I released it on 1111, my birthday. So it's streaming everywhere. I directed, I produced, and I made like the video, the, the music, right? But I did poetry and it's my voice. And then I acted, um, being very cinematic in a way to showcase my talent to, you know, pitch myself for near future jobs. And I ended up doing all the locations, producing it, which means, you know, getting the cinematographer, the editor, the colorist, the hair, the makeup, the locations, that's what a producer does. And then having the vision to direct and know the locations and work with my cinematographer to say, you know, this is the vision and we have a good relationship with each other. So those are two projects that I recently um, produced. Also, um, over the last decade, I've produced a lot of spoken word music videos, not only for myself, but for some other artists I've produced videos for. During the pandemic, I decided, you know, what's one thing I've always wanted to do that I haven't done? And that was, I wanted to become a published poet. So I published this poetry book called A Lover's Fairy Tale. And um, you can go to loversfairytale.com. So over the decade, I was creating these videos. And then the pandemic happened and I was like sitting with myself and I have thousands of poetry pieces and I released 11 pieces coupled with um, artwork done by my friend, Robert Sturman, who's an international artist. He's amazing. And we did these Polaroids by the original Polaroid that was discontinued in 2001. So it's art on art on art. And then, you know, with those 11 pieces that were very sacred to me that I put in the book over the last 10 years, I created these spoken word music videos. So I learned about branding um, through this lady, Robin Graham, who was on on my popular podcast called She's All Over the Place. And so what I did was when I released the book, I took these music videos and I quote unquote repackaged it internally by myself and and said, oh, I'm going to give this to people as a gift through the automation. And they're actual spoken word music videos that I produced and directed and that I starred in with music I made with my voice. So that's how they can all go hand in hand with one another. You know, I didn't know I was going to rebrand it. It was going to be for my my poetry book, A Lover's Fairy Tale. But look, I just showed up and I created it. And then I was able to take a body of work over the last 10 years and and encapsulate and kind of like put an umbrella over it and package it and say, here you go. Like, this is my body of work. This is what I, what I've done. And you kind of need to do that as a human. I personally feel, and as an artist, 
to kind of have closure so you can like birth new projects. Because sometimes, um, real quick, I will not be able to birth new projects because I'm still on a psychological level holding on to this energy and this weight of a project that I've done in the past because I haven't fully let go and release it. And I mean, that can be applied to many areas in in one person's life, (laughs) not allowing to let go of something when it's done, you know, but now that I did this with the book, I felt like I gave it some closure and it has a life of its own now for eternity because it's everywhere for people to see. So you not only work with uh, a coach, which is, yeah, you you work to foster your creativity uh, and to improve yourself. You have also taken a step, and you uh, also work as a coach with other people. Can you tell me about um, those those two different experiences? I love it because my dad was my coach growing up. He ran cross country. I ran cross country. He was my coach. I always had coaches um, running cross country. Will Smith, J Lo. Um, their coach is Aaron Spizer. They, they'll be on a movie for three months and Aaron Spizer's with Will Smith or, you know, with JLo. Uh, Susan Batson, she's Nicole Kimmons' personal acting coach. She's never had a um, an acting class in her life. She's only done private coaches. She does Madonna, Oprah, Julia Binoche, Usher, Zac Efron. So uh, all the greats have coaches. So with my voiceover coaches, they're three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening. So when I have voiceovers that just come in, I could get a, an audition now. It's a rush. It's due in an hour or it's 24 hour notice or a 72 hour deadline. I'll prepare. I'll do the craft of the acting. I'll make my choices. And then I'll go on a Zoom or a Skype and then they'll hear me and they'll put themselves on mute and they'll hear it. And then they're like, okay, lines one, five and three were good. Let's pick up two and four or let's just do it. Let's do another one that was, you know, warm up and let's just do another pass. And they'll coach me to the left, to the right, do this, do this, you know, and they tweak you. Because when you're acting and you're in the craft of it, it's really difficult for one to direct themselves. Even if we think we can do it, it's too much. Like, like one has to be coachable, like in life and in 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 work, right? Um, and so all the best have coaches. Um, and for on-screen acting, I'll do the same thing. I'll do all the homework. My coach will see me and they'll see if like my arms going up to my ear or if my lips like up all the way back in my eye, you know, or weird things happen when the camera comes on, like things start happening. <laughs> I always have coaches and I invest in myself for those coaches with my voiceover coach. I know how much it is per month times 12. That's how much it is per year. When I have my on-screen acting coaches, I know I'm going to get around X amount of auditions per month times 12. And those are the fees I set aside to invest in myself into my craft because these people are getting 10% and I get 90% and they get 10%, you know, and their job is to get me the audition. My job is to book the job. Like I need to make sure I'm getting coached. I need to make sure I'm doing my research and knowing my craft and keeping up with everything so I can be bookable to obtain more work. So just like when you show up to a movie set and you see the credits there's like a hundred people, 300 people. It takes a village to make a movie. Same thing with the commercial. Like it's so many people, you know, during the pandemic, when we had a lot of time to sit out, I wanted two years ago, but because of, you know, what was going on, I really had the moments to be able to be in service and support and pay it forward to support other people on their journey. 
and, and be aware that everyone's on their own journey. So sometimes I coach with people once a month or once every two weeks and we have a Google doc and it's like, I give them like a six month plan or like, here's the six month plan. Here's a year plan. And you know, here's all the things you need to do. They go and do them and they do it in their time. And then they have a, you know, they set a hard stop for themselves and they show up for themselves and then they come back and we have another coaching session, you know, that's how it feels being on both sides of the spectrum. Challenges and and overcoming challenges is a big part of how humans learn and, uh, and develop ourselves. So um, what are some of the challenges that you feel comfortable sharing with us? When I was a child, just being, like I said earlier, observing my circumstances and how it was in the world, I wanted to be taken seriously as a business woman, right? And, but I felt very masculine and I felt like a quote unquote male or like a boy, right? So I always had like gender issues within feeling like I didn't want to be stigmatized of being female or if I was female or not, you know? Um, And that was always very challenging growing up. And I always, you know, now with the book, I went internal, right? When I'm creating things, it's all from within. And with the book, it was internal, empowering self. And it just, it becomes an oak tree and it takes branches of their own. And when I do that, it's so sweet and it tastes so amazing because it comes from within. But when I was younger, I sought validation externally from quote unquote men, thinking men were going to support my vision and my career and invest because I knew I was a good person and I knew I had good intentions and I wanted to do things for humanity. What I wish I would have known earlier was, you know, to seek that validation from within because I invested in acting classes in research and reading books and going to events and meeting the right people and, um, you know, uh, getting invited and going places and showing up. So I invested in all those kind of ways, but the overhead of like an angel investor of someone, you know, miraculously giving hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for these illusions, right. That are in my mind. I saw that it really caused me a lot of upset and troubles from having these high expectations of something that was an illusion out. That was a fantasy outside of myself, instead of being concrete with self and communicating with the other person. Like, these are my goals. These are my intentions. And they could have been like, yo, those, those, those are wild. Or I had no clue instead of strumming people around where I'm like only really manipulate, like fantasizing, but kind of manipulating them and manipulating myself for something that was never going to be because of like the disconnect. And I feel like in life, a lot of humans have these illusions and expectations of, of what they want from another person instead of actually communicating and getting grounded on the same level. I had so much um, fear and anxiety of trust with, with when it came to those things. And when I was able to actually shape shift and go in there and provide that trust, now it's really transformed my whole entire life because I'm able to trust other people more. I was paranoid because I was taught like not to trust people in that way along the way. And so I was scared to even trust myself. Speaking about that that work that you've done uh, and this, this sort of powerful grounding rooting system that you work with, how do you think that your cult, your own personal cultural background and the cultures that you have 
you know, you've researched, you've spent time in, you know, learning about. How do you think that they inform uh, the, the your work, your creative work? Everyone has tradition and food and and hymns and and being able to you know shape shift that and bring that to my work. It's like you know the 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 rainbows having different colors and all the colors make it beautiful. So understanding like this is what I offer, other people offer something else and I'm open to learning their cultures and, you know, the diversification uh, makes us unique. And also that diversification makes us come together in a really beautiful way so we can understand and, and learn. And I feel like it really endows the reason why we're on the planet to to learn and to be interested and to honor our differences. Dreamland 1111 Mm -hmm. is about exploring divine femininity, not only in females, but in all genders, breaking down societal norms of who plays what role because of their gender and being okay to be vulnerable and express oneself. But Dreamland 1111 um, is about claiming and reclaiming one's own self-power. Breaking down those, uh, those assigned gender uh, gender ideas that were in, like you said enforced upon us by a system that is that that, that can be very toxic uh so I, I love I love that idea of embracing everything that could be involved in your gender identity actually on that note of uh self-exploration uh and uh self self self-analysis, uh, how how can a performer invest in themselves? Because I know that's a question that's very important to you. We only can focus on one thing at a time. So what are we focusing on? That's the most valuable thing is our attention. Where attention goes, energy flows. Do you want to read a book? Do you want to call someone that you want to talk? Do you want to fantasize? Do you want to sleep? Do you want to write poetry? Do you want to listen to music? Whatever. To feed your soul. You know, like what is going to make you curious? Uh, other things you can do is why I gave the financial tip earlier about investing in oneself and how to hack. Um, Another thing is I have a joy journal, J-O-Y, and a bothersome journal. So I'll make a 40-day commitment because, you know, they have, um, it's not 30 days, it's 40 days, but you do a 40-day commitment, day, morning, night, a couple times a day, whatever. But you just write down all your joys, coffee, the smell of coffee, a butterfly, like my laptop, my hair, like my smile, my mom, like whatever, what anything that brings you joy, you go back and you circle like, this is what my spirit keeps saying. Am I going to start listening to myself? Because I'm writing it down. It's right in front of my face. When am I going to listen and actually stop ignoring myself and take action? We ignore ourselves. We know what we want and we don't put ourselves first. And we're taught to feel guilt and shame when we do that. Nothing's ever wasted. Energy is energy, good or bad. I take it and I put it into my animation voiceovers, video games. I put it onto a canvas. I put it in poetry. Everything that's bad is a is a, a lesson to transmute it, to lift it into art. Anything that's mucky and yucky can turn into something that's beautiful. Khalil Gibran says it the best. How can you understand the depths of sorrow and really enjoy the highest of joys unless you really understand the, the lowest of the low, Right. For us to feel that extreme high, we have to know those extreme lows. So nothing is ever wasted. So, you know, being kind to ourselves and leaning into that cry 
is okay. It's beautiful. Especially if you're a creative person, you can look at what's blocking blocking your flow or what's getting in the way of you taking your next creative steps. And speaking of next creative steps, uh, what are your plans for the future? What are the what are some of the projects or the ideas that you're excited about? Uh, I'm looking forward to becoming a household name in Hollywood. Uh, on a consistent TV show and in animation and in film. So um, these are my next steps. And then God willing, um, if it's meant to be, you know, producing a family of my own and having that, you know, experience into, you know, the next chapters of my life. Um, And yeah, to keep creating and um, showing up for myself and for you and, um, you know, being the voice and just sharing my experiences. And so if, I can support someone on their journey and what it took me 10 years, it could take you 10 months or 10 days. Um, you know, we're here holding hands with one another on the journey. So um, my, my goal is to just be in health, to inspire, to keep creating and um, yeah, just doing what I love um, by the ocean side. Katie, it has been amazing talking to you. Could you please tell them where they can go, where they can support you, where they can hear more from you? Sure. Uh, Hopefully they'll be in the show notes on my website, chanakas.com, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S.com, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S.com. And, um, you know, I'm on all the social media platforms. So you can get the book on aloversfairytale.com, Amazon, everywhere, uh, Dreamland 1111 is streaming everywhere, music. Um, and then we have music videos. If you type in Katie Chinox on YouTube, I have a popular podcast called She's All Over the Place. Uh, we have 68 episodes up. So there's a lot of more of my voice and interesting stories of humans from around the world. So um, those are ways to stay in touch. I guess just getting on my email list is really awesome too. Yeah, from my website. Grand wonderful excellent oh thank you so much katie it has been a pleasure to speak to you you're so sweet thank you so much i appreciate you thank you thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much for listening you can hear more from katie on her podcast and website i'll provide a link in the show notes if you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover then contact us through our facebook page or twitter and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production.